You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Dan DeBell. I'm the lead pastor here at Abide Church. So thankful that you've joined us today as we... Um, uh, are kind of in a, a series of standalone messages. That sounds a little strange to say, but uh, we're in a series of standalone messages, and I just believe that God's put a few specific things on my heart um, for the season that we're in as a church. And so um, this is almost a, a little bit of a continuation from last week's uh, service, last week's, last week's message. So if you missed that, you can go back and listen to that on the, our podcast or on the YouTube channel. But uh, today, the, the title for today's message is Cast the Net, Cast the Net. This will make more sense as I get into it here. But um, when we have a big picture of God's kingdom and what God wants to do in this earth, it motivates us to be more than simple observers of the Christian story. When we gain God's perspective on his kingdom and what he wants to do in this earth, it moves us to be more than just observers of the Christian story. When we gain God's perspective, we can't help but have active faith. Have you ever um, watched a movie and maybe you watched it in the movie theater and when you left, it just like moved you to how, how, like, I don't, you don't know what you're supposed to do, but you need to do something, right? Like, there's just something in you that, man, I see a story. I heard a story from someone's life, or I watched a message, and I, I just, I have to act. I have to help. I need to move. I need to do something. That's how it should be whenever we gain God's perspective spiritually for his kingdom. It should give us active faith. Uh, but however, when we lack God's perspective for his kingdom, when we lack his perspective, it's easier just to hide out in a dead church somewhere and never be noticed and never have to do anything. When I lack God's perspective, it's easier just to sit on the sideline of my faith and never put it into action, never put feet to my faith whenever I don't have God's perspective. When I don't have God's perspective, it's easier to believe in Jesus as a theory, but not let him sit on the throne of my heart. Because here's what happens. When I invite Jesus to sit on the throne of my heart, it demands that I be something and I do something. When I truly submit my life to Jesus as Lord and Savior, and I say, Lord, sit on the throne of my heart. You are the Lord of my life. I am not. Whatever your will is, is what I'm going to do. Not my will, but your will be done. When I truly do that, it, it demands that I be something, I have a new identity, and it demands that I do something. Freely I have now received, freely I must give. I have got to act because of what Jesus has done in my life, because of now this new relationship that I have with him. I have his perspective, I have my new identity, and now I must go to work, not to get my salvation, but no, to see that I take the kingdom of God elsewhere rather than just my little old life. I have to share this with people. And this is the, the foundation for what I want us to see today. If you brought your Bible, go to Matthew 13. I'm going to get to that in just a second. We're going to read a parable 
a story, an example from Jesus, where he gives an example of what the kingdom of God is like. And you're going to see uh, the heart behind this really quickly here. But I would tell you this, before we dive into that, there has never been a better time to be alive than right now. And here's why I say that. Because I believe that we are on the cusp of revival like we've never seen before. We're, we're there. We are, we are right on the edge of it. And this region that's called the Bible Belt, I promise you, it will live spiritually again. It will live again. It has become complacent, static, comfortable. Whereas once uh, a long time ago, it was a place where people came from all over. I've got to get to the Tulsa region. I've got to get to the Bible Belt of America to stir up my faith, to be equipped for my faith, to go to ministry school for my faith, and then I've got to go do something. It was a hub for revival that was then sent out, and I believe that that, that is coming back to this region again. It will live again spiritually. It will live again spiritually. People will come from far and wide to be a part of what God is doing here. But if our eyes in this season are only on the turmoil of what's going on around us, we will miss the opportunity to be a part of it. We have got to fix our focus on the right thing. The right thing, not the wrong thing. And once we gain God's perspective on his kingdom, we realize that we're here in the Bible Belt for such a time as this, not to build our kingdom, to build his. Not to build our brand as a church, to build his kingdom. Not to be the coolest church in town to build his kingdom. It's all for his kingdom. And when I understand that, I go to work in my life with purpose, and I can make an impact. Let's read Matthew, 7, uh, Matthew 13, starting in verse 47. <clears throat> Jesus said this. this. is Jesus talking. He said, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea, and it gathered some of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore. And they sat down, and they gathered the good into vessels, but threw the bad away. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth. They will separate the wicked from among the just, and they cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Wailing and gnashing of teeth. So whenever you see that, I don't know about you, but I want no part of that. Amen? Right? That should get our attention to say, okay, at the end of the age, how do we prevent that? What's our part to play in that? Lord, what am I supposed to do to help make sure that that doesn't happen to people? Point number one that we see in this parable is this, cast the net in faith. Cast the net in faith. Obviously, we're not talking about a physical net. We're talking about a spiritual net. I'm going to give you some spiritual metaphors today. Cast the net in faith. It's our job to spiritually be fishers of men, to spiritually be casting a net to get people into the kingdom. Let's reread it, Matthew 13, 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea, and it gathered some of every kind. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet. You may be sitting there thinking, what exactly is a dragnet? Glad you asked. Here's a picture for you. Let me put it up here. This is what a dragnet would look like. They would take it deep into the water, and then teams of people would pull that net, scraping all through the, 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 the water and even to the bottom and pulling it in all the way to shore. And it was their job to work as a team to get as much caught in that dragnet as possible. These teams of people, they'd cast it out, this enormous net into the water. They'd all pull in one 
direction. If they're all pulling in the same direction, eventually they get it to the shore where they are. They can't see what they're pulling in under the water until they get it to the shore. They're trusting that God will fill the net with plenty. Because for them, they're feeling some resistance, but it could be an old boot at the bottom of the lake. For them, they may be feeling some resistance, but it could be some good old boy's old motorcycle, right, that's just been dumped in the lake somewhere. They don't know what they're pulling in. But what they trust is that, Lord, if we do our part, when we're pulling this net in, you're going to fill it with plenty, with exactly what we need. They cast it into the deep. They pull it to the shore with every step. As they pull it closer and closer and closer to the shore, it's a clearer and clearer picture of what they've caught. They begin to see some fish flopping around in there. They begin to see some, some different things that they've picked up along the way as they're pulling it closer to the shore. This is a picture. Jesus is revealing to us a prophetic picture of what it's like to be a part of the kingdom of God. And for us at Abide, our job is to cast a net, a drag net, if you will, into this region where we have influence, where we have been planted as a church. It's our job as a church to say, okay, we are, as a team of people, we are going to cast this spiritual net into the water, deep into the water, into the surrounding area to see what we can pull in. And together we're believing we're going to pull in and see a harvest bigger than we can ask, think, or imagine, but the first step is this. First, we must have the faith to cast the net, to cast the net. Meaning what? I got to get uncomfortable. I got to get a little bit dirty. <laughs> I got to get in the water a little bit. I've got to get outside of the comfort of the shoreline to go and do what God's asking me to do. The kingdom of God is like a dragnet. It's our job to cast the net. It's God's job to fill it. Our job to cast the net, God's job to fill it. He will grow his church. He added to their number daily those that were being saved. Some planted, some water. God brought the increased. It's our job to cast the net. It's his job to fill it. God won't fill a net that's not being cast. God can't fill a net that won't, that's not being cast. So where in my life, where in our church are we refusing to cast the net? Where are we choosing, and where am I choosing, maybe where are you choosing in your life to choose comfort over casting a spiritual net into your sphere of influence, casting a spiritual net into your neighborhood, casting a spiritual net into your school, into your class to say, Lord, how can I extend an invitation for people to come into your kingdom? Here's what's encouraging. You don't even have to be skilled to cast the net. Can I, I hope that's encouraging for you. It's encouraging for me, okay? <laughs> you don't even have to be skilled to cast the net. You just have to have the courage and the faith to cast. You just have to have the faith to cast, the courage to do it. Some people spend the majority of their life complaining on the sideline of their faith, wishing that God made them someone else, wishing that God made them more talented, wishing that God gave them something else, wishing that God had given them a different gift. But our perspective needs to change because if I'm sitting on the sideline just complaining, why didn't God make me more talented? Why didn't God give me more gifts? Why didn't God give me a bigger uh, platform to, to share the gospel? Why, why, why? Here's what I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna give you some perspective. Someone is looking at you wishing that they had your talents. Someone's looking at your life wishing they had your talents, your gifts, your influence, your job, your spouse, 
your life. They're looking and you're complaining, saying, why didn't God do more? But I promise you, there's somebody in a different season of life saying, man, if I can just get to where they're at, I'm gonna have it made. And here's what I would encourage us. Rather than complain and compare, what if we joined our talents together and pulled in a great harvest of fish for the kingdom of God? Rather than stay separated and say, well, I wish I had the talent of that person. What if I said, I'm just gonna give what I have. It ain't much and it might not be pretty and it might be really small, but I'm going to, Lord, if you're asking me to grab a hold of the spiritual net and help pull in a harvest of people, I will do it. What if we stopped comparing and complaining and we just said, Lord, if you said to go and to cast in faith, that's what I'm gonna do because we all have a part to play. And if you wanna catch more than one fish, you're gonna need some help from your friends. If you wanna catch more than one fish, you're gonna need some help from your friends. The kingdom of God is like a dragnet. Even the fish that weren't planning on being caught get caught. Even the, the fish that weren't hungry for the bait because there wasn't any get caught. See why Jesus is so strategic here in describing the, in that saying that this is like a dragnet that it goes out, and even the ones that weren't being planned on, they didn't want to get caught that day, even the fish that weren't hungry for the bait, get, they get swept up into the net of the fishermen. And so it is, I believe, with us, that even though people in this region, maybe in the Bible Belt, have stopped looking for an encounter with Jesus, Jesus has not stopped looking for a way to encounter them. And here's the encouraging thing. With the dragnet, you don't need cheap tricks to catch a harvest. But in the American church, we can often drift into, and I'm not here to bash anyone, but I'm here to say this is the warning. We can drift into, if I can make this time together so epic and so amazing and create such a fear of missing out that I'll get you in the door, rather than what if we just believed enough that if we got together, the presence of God would actually be here and the presence of God is enough, would be enough to change people's lives and create a hunger in them to say, I've got to get back. What if we simplified some things? What if we took the pressure off of performing to get people in as bait and just said, Lord, we're going to be diligent in the simple things and preaching the gospel and in in, in everything that is in here. We are going to be simplify everything to say, Lord, this is a place where your presence is. And we know where your presence is. Things never stay the same. We know where your presence is. There's always multiplication. We know where your presence is. There is always hope. There is always freedom. There is always salvation. There's always healing. What if we put our stock in that rather than the bait to catch the fish? Let's stop getting consumed with what bait do we use to get them and say, let's just do what God's asking us to do and get them. Amen? See how we can simplify these things. Jesus is making it very, very simple and clear. God uses the influence of the believer and the efforts of the church to cast the net into the sea. Then by his spirit, he draws people in like fish being caught in the net. He draws them in close to the family of God. For even Jesus said in John 6, 44, he said, for no man can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them to me. And at the last day, I will raise them up. I can promise you this. God is in the business of drawing people close to him. He's in the business of drawing people close to him. That's his desire. But he's looking for people that will partner with him. He's looking for 
believers who have the same heart and desire. Not to say we're going to build a church for our little group of people and we don't care about anybody else out here. We're going to walk past people all week long out here that are going to spend eternity in a horrible place, but we got a good little group going here at church. That's not who God's looking to partner with. God is looking to partner with people whose desire is to help draw people close to the family of God, into the presence of God. He's looking for people that he can partner with. And I believe that God is saying for our church specifically that you can't even imagine how many fish I have in the sea. You can't, you wouldn't even believe the amount of people that I'm going to steer in your direction. If you'll trust me, if you'll partner with me, you'll be blown away at how many fish you'll catch. But what does it take? Cast the net in faith. Am I doing something in my life, things in my life every week to invite people into the family of God? Or in the American fashion, am I living my life with my head down everywhere that I go? Go to Walmart, my head's down. I'm going into work, my head's down. And I'm walking past people. I don't see, I don't walk in obedience if God says, talk to them, offer to pray for them, encourage them, because I'm too focused on my life. You see, it's a dangerous thing for me just to stay here when God says, pick your head up. I have so many fish in the sea that need to be drawn in. Do you have the faith to cast a net in your life? Number two is this, draw the net together. Draw the net together together. Let me remind you of Matthew 13, verse 47. Let's read it again. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea, and it gathered some of every kind, which when it was full, they drew it to shore. They drew to shore, and they sat down, and they gathered the good into vessels, but they threw the bad away. What does it say? They drew it to shore. They drew it to shore. If we make it one person's responsibility to bring in the net, we are minimizing our impact. If we take, meaning this, it's easy to take the responsibility off of myself as a believer and say, well, it's Pastor Dan's job or it's some other church's job to get people saved. What if we put the responsibility back on us to say, Lord, show me how I can minister, how I can minister to people in my life. Show me. You see, the Great Commission to go into all the world and make disciples, it's not just for church leadership and ministry pastors and, and things like that. <laughs> That's for all of us. Go and make disciples. Am I asking for that in my life? Lord, how can I, how can I share what you're doing in my life? How can I encourage that coworker that, that I know is far from you, that I know has questions about you? How can I approach them in, in a way that will bring you glory, that will draw them close to you? How can I? Lord, would you show me ways? And I promise you, he's looking to open those doors. It's not one person's responsibility. It's our responsibility. They drew the net together. Together, if we believe that we all have a part to play, we can make an incredible impact. For Scripture says... In Deuteronomy 32, 30, how could one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight unless their rock had sold them and the Lord had given them up? What does it say? One 
can chase a thousand. Two can put 10,000 to flight. That math doesn't add up. No, it doesn't because it's kingdom math. It's kingdom math. That's the power of God when people join together, like-minded, faith-filled, sold out to God. When they join together to accomplish something, one can put it a thousand, but two can put 10,000 to flight. I like that math. Amen? That's, that's our responsibility. When I encourage myself in Lord, I know when I surround myself with people, the right people who are pulling the net in the same direction with me, we can, call, we can bring in a harvest of fish that we can't even imagine. But it's when I surround people, when I'm around people, and we, we're casting a net, but maybe they're pulling in a different direction. And I'm trying to pull the net into this shore, and they're trying to pull the net into that shore over there. Well, now we have an issue. Now we're working against it. We're fighting each other. We're not gaining any ground. And this is where too many people spend the majority of their life. They've surrounded themselves with friends or relationships or boyfriends or girlfriends that are pulling in a different direction. And God is saying, if you would surround yourself with people that would joyfully grab the same net and pull in the same direction, you would be blown away at the impact you would make with your life. But am I surrounding myself with people that will fight with me in going for what God has for us. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says this, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. That's why it's important to be planted in the church, be planted in the house of the Lord. One can be attacked and defeated, but look, but two can stand back to back and conquer. And three, even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Who have I surrounded myself with? This is why I encourage people, man, if you want community at Abide Church, man, get, start volunteering, start serving somewhere. Because uh, whenever you show up, you're going to surround yourself with people and you're going to get to know people that have your back. Whenever spiritual battles come, you will have somebody that you can stand back to back with. Even better, you're going to have more than just one. You're going to have a group of people that will surround you with their spiritual swords and say, let's, let's defeat this thing. You're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Let's, hey, we'll walk with you. Let's see you through the other side. We're not going to leave you here in the darkness. No, we're going to take you through. We're going to show you how to walk through this with the power of the Holy Spirit. One can be attacked and defeated. Two can stand back to back. Three is even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. When you surround yourself with the right people, pull in the same direction, the impossible becomes possible. And that's what God's asking of us on this, not just someday in heaven, not someday in heaven, here. Lord, let your will be done here in this place as it is in heaven. That means now, the impossible becoming possible. A dream from God requires teamwork of gifts, of strengths, of resources together to do God's will. When you receive a dream from God, Lord, I, what do you have for me? And you begin to dream, and God begins to reveal a, a dream that you should pursue for his glory and his will in your life. It will require a teamwork of gifts, of strengths, of resources. There's a reason that a God-sized dream is too big to do in your own effort. Why? Because one alone is easily conquered. But when you surround yourself with people, and we say, Lord, that's a big dream. That's a big thing you're asking us to go after, but we are committed to go after it. God says, it, you will not easily be broken. And if you have a dream for your life and you think, well, I think I can handle it by myself, that's probably a you dream, not a God dream. If I can handle the dreams for my life by myself without any community or accountability, that's probably a you dream, not a God dream. 
I love what Billy Graham is credited to saying. He says this. He said, find some friends, change the world, and have fun doing it. Man, that's good. That's my heart. That's my prayer for Abide Church. Find some friends. Find some community. Find some people that you can lock arms with who are genuinely happy to see you, who will genuinely answer the phone call when you need them to pick up, who will pray with you, not in lip service, but in power backed by the word of God. Find some friends who are pulling in the same direction, which is towards Jesus. Change the world. Imagine what people can do when they join together. Change the world and let your joy be overflowed by having fun doing it. We like to say, if we're not having fun, we must be doing it wrong. It's okay to have fun. We should be having fun. It's biblical that we should enjoy this life because the Lord will ask us to do things that make us uncomfortable, that push us out outside of our comfort zone, that seem a little bit tough. Good. That means I have to rely on him and his strength and not my own. It's gonna grow me. It's gonna mature me. And I'm gonna see his glory on this earth more than I could ever do in my own, in my own power. There's power in partnering with other believers. And here's what I would remind you of. There's power in partnering with other believers. You yourself have benefited, benefited from this. You yourself have benefited from this. You are here today because of someone else's faithfulness and their obedience. I don't know if you realize this or not, but you are here today because of someone else's faithfulness in obedience. Maybe for you, you had a praying grandma. You had a praying relative. You had a praying parent. Maybe you had a praying neighbor that you didn't even know they were praying for you, but they did. They covered you in prayer, and they said, Lord, would you just get them into your, into your presence? Would you get them into a church? Would you get them into uh, the family of God? Would you, Lord, would you create a way? Would you open a door for them? They were praying for you, and you didn't even know it. And as they interceded on your behalf, as they stood in the gap, you got to benefit from their hard work of casting the net in faith, of pulling it in with other believers, agreeing with them for their prayer for you. You got to benefit from believers before you. Maybe for you, you came in here today, a stranger who faithfully gave their tithe and their offering when they didn't even know how they were going to pay their bills. They gave it to Abide Church, and guess what? Abide gets to exist today, and you have a seat this morning because of someone else's tithe that created a place for you to experience and sit in the presence of God today. You benefited from someone else's faithful obedience. Maybe you walked in here today and a, a faithful member who serves on our volunteer team, our A team, they covered you in prayer this week. You didn't even know it, but they were praying for you. You didn't even know it, but they were praying over your life. They were praying protection. They were praying, you were covering your kids. They were praying for you specifically. They showed up early. They created a space for you. They set this place up so that you could have a place here. You've benefited from someone else's faithful obedience. You got to stand close in the kingdom of God because of someone else's faithful obedience. And now it's our turn to get to do that for someone else. Now I get to partner with other believers to create a space to create room for them to come into the family of God. This is why Jesus talks about the harvest being plentiful, but the laborers are few. In Luke 10, verse 2, he, Jesus said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus saw this thousands of years ago. 
See, what happens is many people love to enjoy the benefits of someone else's faithfulness without having to get messy or uncomfortable or sweaty themselves. But the picture of the dragnet is that we need more people on the net. With more people on the net means that we can get a bigger net. And with a bigger net, we can go into deeper waters and we can bring in more people for the family of God. Jesus is saying there are so many fish in this sea that are waiting to be drawn close. They're waiting for someone to draw them in spiritually with a net. And he said, I just need people who are willing to grab the net and go. Are there people? We've got a mandate from our Savior, and the fields of harvest are waiting. The sea of fish is waiting. Will we be willing to do what is necessary to see a great harvest drawn in together? Point number three is this. Live eternally minded. Live eternally minded. This is how Jesus finishes the parable. And as he wraps up this parable, he reminds them what's at stake. And that's the question. Do I remember what's at stake? Do I remember what's at stake? Am I living my life with an eternal mindset? Not just focused on what I have to do today, but am I remembering what's at stake for the people that God's placed in my life that are far from him? Do I remember what's at stake? Does it, does it burden and move my heart at all? Do I remember what's at stake? In, in, in 2024, talking about hell isn't popular anymore. But all I need to ask you to do is go through and read the red letters in your Bible and you'll see that Jesus talked about it quite a bit. Why? He wanted people to remember what was at stake. He's talked about the kingdom and he also talked about hell. And he said, there will come a time where decisions will be made. Time is short. Time is short. Do I have anticipation? Do I have a fire in here in my, in my spiritual gut to say, Lord, help me reach as many people for your kingdom as I can. Burn in me the same desire that burns in you to not see people go to hell. Live eternally minded. In Matthew 13, verse 48, let me remind you, we just read this. So this says, they sat down, they gathered the good into vessels, they threw the bad away, so it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth, they will separate the wicked from among the just and cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. They, when it was full, when the net was full, they drew it to shore and they separated the good and the bad. And let me remind you of this. It's our job to, to cast the net, to catch the fish, if you will. It's our job to draw them in. However, it's God's job to clean them. It's our job to draw them in, to cast the net, but it's God's job to clean them. Any fisherman will tell you it's hard to clean a fish that you haven't caught yet. It's not how it works. I catch them first. I get them to the shore first. I get them to the presence of God first. And it's God's job to clean them. I can't bring them salvation. I can't save them. I'm not their savior. Jesus is. I can be an avenue. I can be a channel that Jesus uses, but I can't die for the sins. Jesus did that. His job is to clean them. 
And that's why we're so passionate about inviting people to church and sharing our testimony and being willing to pray for a stranger, whatever God's asking us to do, because I can realize, Lord, if I can get them into your presence, whether it's at church or whether I'm carrying your presence with me and I'm praying for a stranger that you prompted me to pray for, I know that if your presence is near, it will be enough to change things in their life. And once you catch them up in the presence of God, he can do the cleaning. In fact, aren't you glad that you didn't have to clean up your life and live perfectly before you could come into the presence of God? You didn't have to live perfectly before we got to check you in at church today. Have you sinned, to, have you sinned this week? Oh, you have? Sorry, try again next week. You haven't sinned this week? Come on into church. That's not how it works. I can't free myself from sin. Only Jesus can. But too many people live their lives trying to be better, trying to get past the addiction, trying to not sin anymore. When God is saying, come into my presence, let my Holy Spirit and my precious blood free you from your sin. It's not in my efforts of trying to clean myself up before I can come in. No, it's Lord, I'm here and I'm a mess, but I need you and I need your help and I need freedom. Lord, would you help me? And he says, yes, son. And he says, yes, daughter. And he leans in in his presence and his precious living blood goes to work on the inside of you. That's why it's so important to continually invite people to church with you. I just believe that if we can get people into this environment, it's not manipulating them, it's the presence of God that impacts them. That they will hear the true gospel of grace and truth. And in doing so, the spirit will convict the world of sin and the truth will set them free. We'll catch them and, and he'll clean them. It says they caught the good and some bad and they couldn't tell the difference until they brought them to shore. And there's coming a time when our savior will return to this earth and he will balance the books of eternity. Look what's at stake. Do I remember what's at stake? And if I can remember that, if I live eternally minded every day, realizing tomorrow's not guaranteed, this afternoon's not guaranteed, Lord, what can I do today? to further your kingdom. If I can get the focus off of, well, is that person a good fish or a bad fish? And what if we just focused on being obedient and casting the net for the glory of God and not just our own opinion? God invites us to partner in the harvest. I can't cast the net alone and you can't cast the net alone, it's too big. I can't bring in the catch alone and you can't bring in the catch alone, it's too great. I can't carry the entire burden of the church, it's too much. But if we partner together, we will see revival in our day. If we partner together, we will see bodies healed. If we partner together, we will see addictions broken. If we partner together, we will see sexual confusion turned to biblical clarity. If we partner together, we will see the prodigals come home. If we partner together, we will see salvation experienced. But God's looking for partners. We cannot fall into the trap of static Christianity. That's not in here. Well, I got saved and I'm good. I'm just gonna sit over here until Jesus comes back or I die someday. The goal is not to arrive safely at death. The goal is not to arrive safely at death. That's not what God has for you. God has something for us to do. And too many people say, well, I can't preach a message. Maybe you can't, but can you grab a hold of the net and invite someone to church? 
Too many people say, well, I can't, I can't teach a kid's class. Maybe you can't, but can you grab a hold of the net and help a two-year-old color their coloring sheet on a Sunday? I, 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 can't, I, I can't lead worship. Maybe you can't, but can you grab a hold of the net by helping set up church? Well, I mean, I can't make graphics or edit videos. Maybe you can't, but can you grab a hold of the net by giving of your tithe and your offering faithfully so that we can expand this house and the capacity of this place to reach more people? You see, we all have a part to play. We can make excuses all day long, or we can say, Lord, I have these two hands, and that's about it. What can I do? Show me what I can do to further your kingdom. Could your simple obedience be the reason that the net is cast a little further into the community to reach someone God's been wanting to draw close for years? Could your simple obedience change a family tree? Could a simple invite change a city, change a neighborhood, change a region, maybe even change history? You have no idea. Your prayer, your invite, your action, your service, your love to someone else, a good word for somebody, you have no idea what it might turn into and how it might affect history as we know it. But what if we lived with that kind of anticipation? Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a dragnet. When we realize that when we do what God's asking us to do, we can catch more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. And I'll finish with this story. In Luke chapter five, Jesus is here and he's preaching and he's, he's teaching this crowd. I don't have this in your notes, but I, he's, he's teaching and, and he finally is finished. And when it says this in Luke five, verse four, it says, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and he said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and they filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Friends, this is a picture for a by church in this season. The kingdom of God is like a dragnet. And if we will cast the net in faith, if we will draw it in together through our actions and through our prayers and through our, our efforts to, to serve people, we can see a harvest so great that we won't know what to do with all the people that are coming to Jesus. You may say, oh, Pastor Dan, I just, I just want a small church. I want to stay a small church and look, I, we will fight to continue with community in our church, hear me. But as long as any one of us knows a family, an individual, a child who is not walking with Jesus, our church can get a little bigger, amen? Because God's put someone in our life then that has yet to be drawn in. And that's my responsibility. But you may be in here and you may say, you may look at what Simon said here and you may say, I can relate to that. He said, it's been a long night, Lord. We've been fishing all night. We've been trying all night. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll do it. And the obedience, even in his weary state, brought in more fish than he could imagine, nearly sinking both the boats. And you may be in here and you say, hey, it's been a hard season. It's been tough. 
But would you have the faith to respond like Simon? Lord, nevertheless, what you're asking me to do, I will do it at your word. You may say, I've been tired of praying. I've been praying for years and I just want to stop, check out. Nevertheless, Lord, at your word, I'll cast one more time and believe that it will change someone's life. You may say, I'm tired of hoping. Nevertheless, at your word, I'm tired of sowing seed and I haven't seen a harvest yet. But nevertheless, Lord, at your word, at your word, I will cast the net one more time and believe that you will do what only you can do. Because a catch like this, even in the natural for these fishermen was miraculous. The best time to fish was overnight. Simon knew this is dumb. Nevertheless, at your word, and look what happened, the miraculous, the miraculous. But where does the miraculous start from? Faithful, obedient servants. Lord, we've toiled all night. It's been a tough season. I'm, I'm tired. I just want to go home. But if you want me to cast the net right here, I'll do it. Then God can do what only he can do. I'm just believing that we're in a season at Abide Church that if we will be faithful to do the simple, it's not about the bait, it's about the faithful obedience to say, Lord, we're gonna share our faith. We're gonna pray passionately. We're gonna invite abundantly. And in doing so, we're gonna see a great harvest come into the kingdom of God. So much so that we're gonna have to add another service like we're adding another boat. And then we'll probably have to add another one. I don't know what we're gonna do, but we're gonna figure it out when God brings a harvest, not for us, for his glory and for his kingdom. The kingdom of God is like a dragnet. We got some work to do, amen? Let me pray. Lord, thank you for your goodness and your grace. Thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that each of us are here, not by accident today. You've brought us to this place for such a time as this. And Lord, I thank you that through your word today, you are reminding us that we got a job to do. Freely we receive, now freely we will give. Lord, someone cast a net in our lives and it brought us close to you. And so Lord, it's our job now to cast the net spiritually and to get our hands in the net, to pull it in, to draw it in, Lord. And I pray that as we do, as each of us walk in obedience to this word and to your, your word, Jesus, that you would help us bring in a harvest that is great for your kingdom that people as they come and as they experience your presence and as it cleans them and changes them, that they would leave this place talking more about you than they are talking about us. It's not about us, Lord, but it's about you. God, we thank you for the opportunity. Would you give us the boldness now to live it out this week? In Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.